Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number six. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here fresh off of celebrating 200 episodes of Monoreal Radio and now celebrating six months since our move to Florida, roughly an hour's drive from the gates of Walt Disney World. I can't believe we've been here for six months already. It doesn't feel like that when you think in the context of getting our house set up because that feels every bit of six months. I'm exhausted still. Yes. <laughs> uh, but when I saw Dockside chat number six, I was kind of like, wow, that went very, very fast. But this is one of the coolest things about being here, right, is that we always do a recap episode of the D23 Expo. We usually do it as a bonus episode, but now we get to combine it with our Dockside chat and sit here on this beautiful night. The rain has passed. Uh, it's about 80 degrees, so it's it's still a little warm, um, but it's overall a gorgeous night, and we get to sit here with our margaritas and talk about everything that happened this weekend. And everything maybe that didn't happen this weekend, but we're <laughs> going to get into that in a little while. Let's talk about these seasonal margaritas. Uh, no, actually, these are not the seasonal. The season one is a mango margarita, oh. lamb buckets. These are just the special Halloween offering. Yeah, the monster margarita. It's got, what was it, Granny Smith apple and caramel. With a blackberry uh, puree. I would have assumed that this would be the season. Now, we have been holding right. off, like, some people love jumping right into spooky season. We... Because We've been dipping our toes in the water. But I got to tell you, on a night like this where it has cooled down, I'd say it's even cooler than 80. Um, and you have this little breeze. It's comfortable. This is a big change from the weather that we've been seeing since the summertime. We're not going to, it's no surprise to anybody, it gets hot down here in central Florida. Um, so to have this little cool off, now I'm kind of getting into the mood to have some spooky season stuff. We just went to World of Disney and bought some Halloween decor for the house, so I'm I'm very excited to dive into this Halloween-themed margarita to see how Granny Smith apples and caramel and blackberry works in a margarita. Yes, and by our next Dockside Chat, we will have a big update because we will have attended our first not-so-scary by then. I know. A couple of more weeks we have to hold out, but I don't want to hold out any longer. No, I've been very, very patient. All right, so cheers. Cheers. Let's see how they did. That's really good. I just That's a really good mix of sweet and savory. I just taste mar I'm gonna mix mine up. Cause if I'm being honest with you, I just taste margarita. Which and then there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm not complaining. But I'm not getting any of this apple or caramel. So let me give this a little stir. I'm definitely getting apple, definitely getting the uh, puree. Yep, on the stir. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't stirred. There it is. Yeah, that's this, really good. Oh, this is delightful. Okay, well, we have about 45 minutes until they close, so we're, at some point we are going to hit pause, and I'm going to go get us another round. We're not going to do what we did the last time <laughs> and miss the closing of, uh, of Dockside Margarita to get our second round, just like we missed the closing of Gideon's when we were here for the last Dockside chat. As you, some of you may remember, um, we had gotten the text that we should be heading over because they had a virtual queue that night. It was very busy. Right. Um, and, and the crowd here tonight is low. You can see that we're into like a lull here. The waterfront theater, you can hear the band in the background. 
it's usually standing room only, not the case tonight. You can see that now that the kids are back to school, the summer vacations are done. The crowds are lightening up a little bit here. Um, so there was no virtual queue tonight at Gideon's, but we did miss Gideon's when we were here the last time. However, I We had to finish the show. We had to finish the show, and we ended up getting Gideon's about a week or two later anyway because I pulled, as you called it, a Sean Solo. <laughs> this was actually something that I had decided kind of last minute. So Jackie went back to New York. She got in the car with, with Walt, drove back to New York. You went for two weeks. You work remotely, so you have the ability to do that. I can't take two weeks off, but I knew I could take a week. So I ended up working until late on a Friday night. And I said, you know, I'm not going to go all the way home to sleep for maybe an hour and 15 minutes to then get in a car and drive an hour to MCO. I'll come to Disney Springs, I'll get a late dinner, and then I will drive right from here to the airport. I can get three hours of sleep at the airport because I'll get there early enough, and then I'll sleep on the plane, I'll be good to go. And what <laughs> almost none of that happened. Almost none of that happened. I did get here, and it was a magical moment. Um, because I got to Raglan Road, because I wanted Raglan for dinner, I wanted a black and tan, and I made it, now this is something to keep in mind if you are vacationing here actually, Raglan on a Friday night does not close until 11.30. At the time of this recording. That Correct. used to be open so like later, pre-pandemic, yeah. yeah. So they're open until 11.30 on Friday nights right now. What is worth noting is that I got to Raglan at about 10.35, a little little less than an hour before they closed. When I asked to see a food menu, they said, I'm sorry, the kitchen is closed. And I said, oh, an hour before the before you guys closed, you closed the kitchen. Okay, no problem. I said, I'll have my black and tan, and I was gonna mobile order deluxe burger. Actually, I had pulled it up on my phone. I was getting ready to place the mobile order. And, I was making small talk with the bartender. I'm in the business as well. And he was like, hang on a second. It's just you, right? I said, it's just me. And they went into the back and he came back and he was like, all right, I can take your order real quick, but I gotta get it in right now. So they were able to get me in. Bangers and mash were banging, banging, banging. They were so good. Um, I ended up having that. They, they got me in like as the kitchen was like actually shutting down. I guess they had enough time to make one more plate. I happen to be that one more plate. Disney magic happens even at the Irish pub. <laughs> no, that's really nice that they did that. That is a testament to the cast members. Yeah, and it doesn't end there. Because as I leave Raglan, I'm walking past Gideon's, and I can see the girl with her tablet is standing outside, and it's the same girl that... Okay, so here's the story. When we left here, the last time we did a dockside chat, we went to Gideon's, as we were still walking in the up, window of when we could go pick it up. Correct. As we were going, um, they literally walked away from the door and just left. Yeah, it was like a younger girl who I guess was like dying to go home for the night because we saw her stick her head in and be like, okay, there's no one here, and they dismissed her. But I'm running to the door with my arms in the air and they still shut us out. You were like McAllistering your way up to Gideon's and she pretended not to see us. After a black and tan, and it takes more than that to get me there, but after a black and tan and being in a good mood, I, I ran up to the tour of Gideon's and I said, 
you shut me out last week and I need to bring cookies to New York. And she was like, how many are you? I'm like, it's just me. And she let me in. I was the last person at Gideon's that night. So I get Sean Solo. I, Sean Solo essentially closed Disney Springs. And there goes the volcano. I don't know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. It'll probably be dockside margaritas, though. So I get to the airport and... I did not get my three hours of sleep because inside the terminal, not not on the main road, not on not on I-4, not on 528 getting into, it's in the terminal, there was a car accident that required not one, not two, but three ambulances. And it took me two hours to get to the parking garage. So thankfully, I was able to get a little bit of sleep, but I'll tell you one thing right now. If well, I had gone the home... The issue is not you sleeping. The issue is hopefully everyone involved in said accident was okay. But Everyone was fine. If you had gone home, you would have I absolutely would have missed, missed the flight. flight. I would have missed the flight. But everybody seemed to be fine. And I made it to New York on almost no sleep. But that was worth it. But that was my little Sean Solo trip to Disney Springs. I said I wouldn't go to a park without you. I've kept that promise, of course. But that was my Sean Solo day. You made it up by bringing Gideon's home. And then my parents got to try them. My brother got to try them. So... They loved them. It was it was definitely worth. Well, I can say it was worth it for me at least. Your your sleepless night. I I don't know if you can say the same when all is said and done. Well, I made it work. I made it work for all of us. And so, after we got back from New York, we were very fortunate where two of our friends, Mike and Alberta, were able to come down to Disney with their daughter. Yes, we finally got to meet their adorable little chunk of a daughter who was actually born on the day that we closed on our house. So I love that we are forever linked in that way, uh, but it's very easy to remember her birthday. So they were on their way down here. Well, they were here for a couple of days because they jumped on a Disney cruise, but they did spend a couple of days here at Walt Disney World. And uh, we were able to get together with them and we had dinner at Sebastian's at the uh, Caribbean Beach Resort. Which is where they were staying. Uh, we'd been wanting to try Sebastian's anyway, but being that it's their vacation, we didn't want to yank them out of the parks. They were going to be heading back to the hotel anyway, so we snagged a late reservation, and um, we will certainly be going back. It was excellent. Um, the food is brought out family style, uh, so they do a bread service. Um, similar to Boathouse, it's like those buns with the uh, the cinnamon butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, like a cinnamon butter. It was good. Really good. Um, the salad was delicious. It was um, like candied pecans or candied walnuts or something and, and a citrus dressing that was really nice. Uh, and then they bring out like a trio of meat, uh, which was a steak, a pulled pork with a mango salsa. It was a mojo and, uh, pork, yeah. A mojo pork, yes. And um, chicken. Yeah, it was an oven-baked citrus chicken. Uh, and then they did a vegetable trio, uh, which was the rice um, with, oh was, my gosh, I forgot what it was. It was a cilantro rice. It was a cilantro rice? It was a cilantro yeah. rice. Um, the curried vegetables and the broccoli raw. And it was all so good. But the really nice thing about it, too, is that uh, if you're vegetarian, they, or, they offer all of those meats plant-based. So you're not just stuck picking at vegetables if you opt not to have the meat. They do cover everything. Um, and they will just keep bringing it out to your heart's content. Uh, but you do have to save room for the uh, for the bread pudding at the end. Which I think is the same bread pudding that they serve at Ohana. 
If it's not the exact same, it's very close. But that was exactly what I was going to say, is that you get Ohana quality without what Ohana pricing has become. I would say it's close to Ohana quality. I thought I thought it was very good. Do I think the food at Ohana is better? Yes. But do I could I justify spending that money at Ohana knowing that I can go to Sebastian's for $29.99? No. That's the difference. Um, it's still, I mean, excellent food. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not good. But uh, the quality is like a tick below um, Ohana. But for the price point, it's one of the best places that you can go on Disney property. And uh, bonus, you get a view of Harmonious, which we were not expecting. So you do get that lower cost, but a fireworks show. Yeah. Which in, is the yeah. reason that they have dro- driven up the prices on Ohana, is because they know everybody wants to go at 8.30 for the fireworks. Yes. So you get a view of Harmonious while it's there. More on that later. <laughs> um, and then tonight, actually, before we came to Dockside, we went to Blaze and had pizza. And we'd never been to Blaze before, but we'd been to Deluxe Burger a couple of times, and Blaze is right next door. Um, we just wanted to get something quick. Yeah, something quick. We didn't we didn't want anything we needed a reservation for because I was watching the Dolphins beat the New England Patriots today, and it rained. I mean, it rained substantially, so we weren't even sure that we were definitely going to make it out tonight. We were this close to just doing a traditional bonus episode of Monoreal at the house. That's how bad it was raining. I'm glad it, it, it it's starting to drizzle a little bit now, but I'm glad the rain stopped so we could get here tonight. Agreed. I mean, it, it was getting bad to a point where I didn't really want to drive in it, but it's it's like we're here. How do you not do our recap episode right. of D23? Not, because, quite frankly, I would have needed a margarita regardless, so I'm really happy to be sitting here drinking one. Yeah, but in a pinch, if you need to eat somewhere at Disney Springs and you don't need a reservation, I would absolutely put Blaze on that list because they have a variety of pizzas that you can order they're signature pies. 40 toppings to choose from. And if you get one of their signature pies, it was $11.45. But if you get a regular cheese pie with one topping, it's $9.95. And they have a blood orange lemonade, which was absolutely dynamite. Yeah, it was really good. But this was just good quality pizza. They have like four or five different kinds of crusts. We just went with the traditional thin crust. It was crispy. It was well-cooked. It had so much flavor. Um, and I think the pie was ready in about 10 minutes. And so there's a ton of seating. Don't The line will always be outside the door. But don't let that scare you away from going because they move through the line very quickly. Yeah, they really did. Um, I don't think we were waiting for more than 15 minutes on the line and then another 10 for the pizza. So, I mean, in and out in under a half hour, really not that bad. Yeah. Um, so that's it as far as what we have been up to. Um, you know, it's not as much as we normally report on just by virtue of I spent two weeks in New York. So, uh, that was three weeks, three weekends really that we weren't able to get here. Um, but there is still much to discuss, uh, starting off with Disney Plus Day and leading into uh, the D23 Expo recap. Uh, Our loyal listener, Melissa, uh, messaged me earlier, and she was like, are you guys going to take sleeping bags to Dockside? 
because how are you possibly going to cover three days worth of these announcements? Um, and of all the ways that I thought I'd be passed out at Dockside, mm. that was not one of them, but we're, we're going to go for it. We're so here. if we miss something, we apologize. We're only human. We, are, we have done our best to wrangle every single announcement, and we're going to comment on it as much as we possibly can, but don't come for us if we skip something. Yeah, between... Disney not putting all of it out there on social media as to what it is that they announced and based on some things that they're not really announcements so much as they are concepts and they don't even know what it is that they're accomplishing at this point, it's kind of hard to comment on literally every single thing. But let's start with... Well, let's start um, with our predictions okay, and yes, kind yes, of yes. overall how this went. Um I think some of the things that we were thinking aged pretty well. Uh, I had said uh, I was pounding the table for Disenchanted, and we got it. Uh, so that was one of my bigger takeaways. Um, Marvel, they didn't announce nearly as much as I thought. I thought they were holding something from Comic-Con, and they really didn't. No, they didn't at all. Um, and, and Parks, uh, I certainly didn't predict anything that they announced. I think that if I got any prediction right, it's that they're not going to announce anything. Um, I really had no expectation and no hope that they would announce anything Parks-related, and for the most part, they did not. Um, the things that I thought they would announce that were Park-related, they did not announce. I thought perhaps we would get a return of annual passes. Um, that did not happen. I thought that we would get a phantasmic opening date. That did not happen. I thought we'd get perhaps a nighttime parade. That did not happen. But other... uh, Not for Walt Disney World. Right. But other than that, I really didn't hang an awful lot out there because I just didn't see how much they could possibly do and what they could announce given the fact that half of the stuff that they announced at the last D23 Expo, they're never going to do anyway. And that's one thing that I sort of wish that they had addressed is what happened to all of those other plans. I mean, we knew if they broke ground on it, they were going to follow through. Uh, but I think that was sort of a miss as far as not addressing what could have been, what they dangled in front of us, and then... It's not like they announced something better in its place because there's nothing really concrete. Apologies for the edit. It was last call and we were not letting them close without another round. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway from the expo, um, I feel very good about our decision not to go. Yes. As cool as it would have been to be out on the floor, see all of the cosplays, experience all the vendors, um, as much as I want to go to Oogie Boogie Bash one day, I can't justify going all the way to California, you know, the year that we bought a house uh, and spending all this money on Expo when, quite frankly, there wasn't a return on the investment. And and I, I mean, it's hard to say because I'm sure the people that were there had a wonderful time and they thought it was worth it. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, spitting all over that. Um, but as a D23 member... That's the other thing. All of these announcements go onto social media. They cut out the stream while 
we were watching, so you couldn't even see the announcements. To me, for the next one, I think as a D23 member, you should get a password-protected link so that you could see the stream full out and all of the trailers and everything that they are announcing. Being that you pay for your membership, uh, instead of having to find out what the rest of the world on Instagram and or having half the broadcasts cut out because they don't want to put the trailers out there until they're released on social media. Yeah, I mean, on, on the one hand, I agree with you. On the other hand, we could go and pay $400 a person and get a three-day pass and go see all of this stuff, but we just didn't think that we could justify the cost this year, and, and I, I'm glad that we didn't. Um, it was nice being able to sit with a charcuterie board and a bottle of wine in the comfort of our own home with a clean bathroom and uh, not have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and get there at 7 a.m. to have a whole day of it. Um, and now we can sit here and talk about it. Now we can sit here and talk about it. So <clears throat> let's talk about quote-unquote Disney Plus Day, um, which is really November 12th. But this year it was the 8th because it was the kickoff of the D23 Expo and Disney needed filler is essentially what it was. The merch was really nice, though. They yeah, did the it was. pins again. Um, they did these beautiful hats, which are your standard, like, Mickey Mouse Club hats, if you will. Yeah, the mouse ears. Yeah. The mouse ears, but not mouse ears like a headband, like the actual ears attached to the hat. Yeah. Um, with the Disney Plus logo, they were iridescent, they were beautiful. And I was just insulted. <laughs> I wish I could have gotten my hands on them. I mean, could you have gone to the parks that day just to get in and, and just to get one? Yeah, you probably could have. I could have. While I was working. But we've talked about it on the show before. We are not acknowledging Disney Plus Day on September 8th. I am still celebrating on November 12th because that's when it always was. That was launch day. And, and you can't just change it to fit your agenda well they did this year and part of that was a release of the live action pinocchio um starring which Tom we Hanks, did watch which we did watch we will do a full-on monoreal review eventually um but i will give you it quickly in short on first viewing i thought that tom hanks was excellent i thought joseph gordon levitt was excellent I liked the Blue Fairy, um, and I th think that the story that they told was close enough to the original where it felt like a live-action remake, but not so far removed where it felt like they were reinventing the wheel. I just don't understand why at this point Disney has almost embraced horrific CGI. Um, the CGI is horrible. And for whatever reason, we've just gotten accustomed to this in Disney films. They've become complacent with it in Disney films to the point where, like, I can critique it, but it doesn't matter because it's the same thing in every movie. Um, do I think that it deserves the hate it got on the internet? No. Do I see where people disliked it? Yes. Now, that's just my first viewing... I, when we sit and do a traditional rewatch and take notes, maybe I'll dislike it more. Maybe I'll like it more. I don't know. But that's kind of like my going in blind, one viewing. All right. Like like Dave Portnoy. Spoiler free. It's one bite. Everybody knows the rules. So one <laughs> one viewing, and that's spoiler free how I felt about it. And I'm 
curious to see how you felt. Um, I agree with most of what you said. Um, again, it's it's hard to give my initial thoughts because I don't want to spoil anything. This movie just came out, if, especially if people were so absorbed with the D23 Expo announcements this weekend, they might not have got a chance to watch it. So I don't want to give anything away. Um, I will say, I knew that they were going to take some liberties. I knew they were going to change some things. I'm surprised at what they changed. Um, there was a song that was cut. I'm not saying what. I was very surprised that they did that. Um, and I think you lost a lot of the charm in doing so. Um, what they added, um, I think it worked. I was just kind of surprised um, that they took that route. Well, it, it worked in the middle of the film, but it kind of landed nowhere. Um, I definitely agree with you on the CGI. Uh, I don't understand how in 2022 CGI is regressing. I don't... It's only with Disney. Yeah. It's with nobody else. Yeah, and I don't care that we were in a pandemic and people were spread thin. Uh, you know, there were people that wanted to go to work and people that can do visual effects. And it, it could have and should have been so much better. I definitely agree with that. Um, thought Tom Hanks was wonderful. I actually liked him better as Geppetto than I did as Walt Disney, believe it or not. Wow. Um, okay. I love how they handled Pinocchio. Uh, as far as that CGI, I thought that was pretty good. Because they did get, we were concerned sort of about that grainy wood effect. And, and they did incorporate that yeah, without making him look creepy. Because yeah. I think too much would have been a little bit too scary for kids. Uh, and my favorite part about it, without spoiling anything, um, was all of the Easter eggs that they planted uh, in Geppetto's box. That made me fall in love with it almost immediately. Um, coming out on the other side of the film, I can't say that I, I really loved it as much as I wanted to. It, did, it didn't hold throughout, but it was still good. And I, I agree with you. I don't think it was worth... Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, it deserves the hate that it's getting. It wasn't the nightmare or the disaster that we had initially thought that it was going to be. It was better than we thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be a disaster. I loved the first trailer, and then the more trailers I saw, the more I went, oh, God, I hope they fixed the CGI, and then they didn't. But all in all, the movie was pretty good. Now, let's get into day one of the D23 Expo, starting with the booing of the commissioner, so to speak. <laughs> um... The booing of Bob Chapek. And um, I won't say who said it, because I don't know that it's out there publicly, but somebody did put out there, if you have to cut the microphones when the CEO of your company comes out to hide the booze, it tells you everything you need to know. And I think that that's a very accurate and poignant statement. I agree. Um... What I do have to give Chapek credit for, though, is that despite coming out to such a negative reaction, uh, he's he held his own. I think he spoke uh, more clearly than he ever has. Uh, he wasn't stuttering. He didn't look like he was fumbling his way through it. Uh, so to his credit, I, I don't know that I could be that confident in the face of getting booed. And uh, I, he actually held it together. So I will give him that. I thought... He was articulate, 
I think that you can see he's getting more comfortable in the role. I thought that he was very uh, articulate. I think he was very eloquent when he spoke. No, and I, I almost sort of felt bad for him because he did make the announcement about Avengers Campus in, um, in California. Uh, and he seemed kind of excited to be able to finally do something like that. And he only gave us a little taste of it. He didn't even say what it was. That was saved for Josh tomorrow on Sunday. So... You kind of feel a little bad for the guy. Yes and no. Um, we're not going to go down the road that we've gone down a dozen times on this show already. But... I just wish that we could see more of the guy that spoke at the expo and less of the guy that got booed at the expo. I would agree with that. And I I'm glad you bring that up now because uh, the next part of the expo was the legend ceremony. And I was, I mean, obviously I was very into it because the cast of Frozen got inducted. Uh, but I was actually really inspired by a lot of these speeches, particularly the Imagineers who were recognized. Um, I believe it was um, Robert Coltrane yes. who said that with all of these films, you get that end credit role and you get to see everybody's name who contributed. And the Imagineers don't get that same love unless you reach the, the level of a Joe Rohde or a Tony Baxter. These legends before they're recognized as a Disney legend, they built the parks. They are the legends. They right. are the they are the real heroes. Um, you know, we're unfortunately getting further and further removed from those types of people because they built the original parks, and some of their attractions aren't even still standing at right. at this time. So unless you really do your homework and you know your Disney history, a lot of these people who have worked so hard and contributed so much remain faceless and oftentimes nameless. So what really inspired me was um, Doris Hardoon's speech. Uh, she was a riot. If you, if you have not seen it, I highly recommend going to pull up a feed and, and seeing her speech because she was just so, so engaging. She was so touched by this recognition. And, um, you know, it really got me thinking how these people work so hard and we're so brazen to sit here as childless millennials especially yeah. and knock down their work with all of these theories about what might be and oh well I don't like this and I don't like that and I know that that's become very much the Disney fan culture that everybody wants to have a voice and everybody wants their ideas heard and that's a wonderful thing to spark these uh, discussions about what we would like to see happen to the parks but when I thought about it, I was like, you know, these people are working so hard and like the nerve of us to sit here and tear them down. So I really was trying to keep an open mind throughout the rest of the expo and not be so immediately critical. And then Josh tomorrow just ruined that for me today. <laughs> um, but that was where my head was at during these legend speeches. It was really nice to see these Imagineers inducted. Uh, what broke my freaking heart was that Don Hahn finally gets in. He should have been in ages ago. Uh, and he wasn't there to accept the award. I mean, I don't know where he was. I don't know if he's working on a film or doing something that... I, I mean, I have to imagine it's something extremely important or a personal matter where he wasn't there 
to be to be recognized because he is the living legend as far as I'm concerned. He to me, he is our modern day Walt. And I just I mean aside from the fact that we got to meet him and he is just the most kind person ever. I am endlessly impressed by all he's accomplished. I mean, for crying out loud, not only has he produced all of these incredible films, and and for all intents and purposes is a Hollywood bigwig because of the work that he's done, he produced Beauty and the Beast when he was 30. When I was 30, I was just breaking in. Like, I, I just have so much respect for the man, and that broke my heart not to see him get his award. Yeah, I wish he would have been there. I'm sure there's a reason why he was not. I, I hope everything's okay. Um, but, yeah, I thought the legend ceremony was great. Um, I thought the cast of Frozen was uh, spectacular. I thought that Chris, Kristen Bell is just Kristen Bell. Uh, Idina Menzel was... Idina Menzel. Was Idina Menzel, but <laughs> she was hilarious. Had to apologize to Bob Chapek, and we'll let you watch the video and see why. Um very funny and and Josh Gad um, you could see how much it means to him that he brought this character to life he talks about what it was like for him you know going to the movies to see uh, Aladdin and watching Robin Williams bring the genie to life and him wanting to do something like that and he certainly has done that with Olaf um, and the story that he told about how he applied to be a Jungle Cruise skipper here at Walt Disney World when he was 18 and he got rejected, and now he's a Disney legend. And he said it very tongue-in-cheek. Um, but I think if, if there's a story of inspiration anywhere, I, I think that Josh Gad is, is certainly uh, a role model for a lot of people. And uh, I think that he's certainly a, a, an inspirational story in his own right. Jonathan Groff, too, really, talking about growing up in a Mormon community in Pennsylvania and what it meant to him to eventually, you know, be able to, through Disney, and watching these Disney films as a kid, feed his creativity, uh, which gave him the confidence to be himself and and be out in this industry and uh, hope to inspire the next generation of people to not be afraid to be who they are. His speech was very heartfelt, very touching. Um, for me, the entire cast of Frozen is what really stole the show. Um, that is the only area that I regret not going to the expo in person because I would have loved to see these. I, I mean, especially because the speeches ended up being so funny. Um, but it's no secret that I love Frozen. I would have loved to see all of them inducted. Uh, and in some cases, you know, a few of them are being inducted or recognized for multiple things. Like Idina, she's an enchanted, disenchanted. Um, for, Josh, for Josh Gad, it's not just Frozen, uh, it's LeFou. Um, even Jonathan Groff, now Disney is airing Hamilton. So. Right. And, and uh, Veronica Mars they got in the Fox acquisition, so all of the cast of Frozen is double-dipping. Um, and they also uh, inducted um, Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish, uh, Chris Montan, who, um, if you're familiar with Alan Menken and Howard Ashman's work, uh, this was the man behind the scenes to all of those compositions, uh, all the way through... Uh, working with Phil Collins on Tarzan. I mean, he, he has worked with everybody to make sure that the songs are working in conjunction and in harmony with the story. Yeah. Um, and there was one more that I wanted to mention. Oh, uh, 
How could I forget? Uh, Ellen Pompeo and Patrick Dempsey uh, for Grey's Anatomy. Ellen Pompeo, uh, I'm glad they gave her her own shine, being that she's not just Meredith Grey, but she's also an executive producer on the show. And then Patrick Dempsey, who had actually, I think, the best speech. He got so emotional. I had no idea that McDreamy was so into Disney that he started crying during his speech. Um, and same thing, he's double dipping too for Grey's and for Enchanted. Yeah, he was a class act. Um, you could see how much it meant to him. He did a lot with Disney, more than I think most people give him credit for. So all in all, it was just a uh, very nice ceremony. Okay, let's start talking about uh, some of the announcements that came in film and television. Um, starting with some trailers, actually. Um, we got uh, a full-on trailer for Hocus Pocus 2 you know, three weeks before it gets released on Disney+. Plus. I would argue that what we had was a trailer. They gave us just enough story to know what was going on. Um, this one was just a little bit longer. Uh, this did give away, though, that we are going to see the Sanderson sisters as children to find out how they got cursed in the first place. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was interesting. I thought... As soon as I heard that they dropped a trailer for Hocus Pocus 2, like I said, roughly three weeks before the movie was set to release on Disney+, Plus, that's how I knew Disney was grasping at straws to put this entire thing together. We should have had this trailer three months ago, not three weeks before the movie comes out. And they didn't even have the cast there to announce it. I could understand if they were doing some big spectacle where they got the three of them there to do this announcement and do the official trailer release. Um, but they didn't have anyone. They didn't. Not a soul. Not a one of them, which was kind of interesting. And I know that they're doing the event in Salem where they're going to do a screening of the film and then do the Black Flame Ball, but I don't even think the cast is going to that either. I don't think so. So, at this point... It, it's just so late for a trailer that you needed something to back it up, and, and there just wasn't. Well, because it was filler, I'm telling you. Um, I don't disagree. Then we got the trailer for Disenchanted, which has me very excited. I don't hide my love for Enchanted. I, I think it's brilliant. It's one of my favorite Disney films. It's, one of, it's become one of my favorite films, period. Um, you laughed out loud when James Marsden entered the trailer. Oh, man. Highlight of my day. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I was glad that we got this. Uh, and we got the poster for Disenchanted as well, which just looking at that, you can tell that Amy Adams is going to go a little bit dark. And they developed that in the trailer uh, to make it seem almost like she's possessed. Um I can't say that that's exactly what's going to happen, but um, I'm so intrigued, and I love this direction that they're taking where she is now becoming the wicked stepmother. Yes. We also got um, poster art for Peter Pan and Wendy. Okay. Yeah, it's the, the, This does not get me excited. Poster art does not get me excited. Well, I think we got a casting announcement. Um, I would have to fact check this one. I believe they announced Jude Law as Captain Hook. They did. But that was something that they cut out of the feed. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, that's all we got from that. I would have rather seen uh, poster artwork for him and yes. what Captain Hook is going to look like. That would have been a great unveil. 
we also found out that we are getting Mufasa, a prequel film coming out in 2024. Uh, do, do we need it? I got, I got to be honest with you, this of all things has, this did not excite me at all. Um, I, I just hate to say it, I love Mufasa. I don't think it's an interesting enough character to do a prequel film on. Um, I disagree because if you recall, him and Scar were in competition for the throne. So I think everybody is so focused on the title and not focused on what the story could be with this battle between the brothers. And I mean, need I say more, if it's a Scar becoming a villain story, I, if, it, if they do it like Wicked where we see the downfall of Scar becoming this hardened character, if we see the fight that gave him the Scar, I am totally here for it. What I really would like to know is if it's live action, it looks like it is or yeah. if it's animated. But I will say, I'd rather see them do this prequel than another sequel to Lion King. Agreed. You don't need another sequel. Um, we also got uh, Snow White with Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot. They were both at the expo. Uh, that's coming out in 2024. Rachel Zegler was announced, but Gal Gadot was a surprise for me. Uh, I think that's going to be very cool. Yeah, she was rumored. Now she is, in fact, confirmed. Uh, then we got a trailer for uh, The Little Mermaid. And um, it, 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 this whole thing goes back to the conversation we had just a little while ago about I don't know why you have accepted and embraced horrific CGI. I would like to think it's going to get better, but in my heart, I already know the CGI is not going to get better. There's a lot of negativity already surrounding this. I'm not going to get into it because... It's not fair. It's not. It's, it's just not. We, we should not be hating on the casting choice at this juncture. We should be embracing it. We certainly shouldn't be boycotting this movie because of that. But this film has already become very div divisive over this, which I think is ridiculous. And I think the one thing that we should all agree on is how crappy that CGI looks. I looked at this and I said to you, this looks like a screensaver. Windows 98. Like, how are we not talking? That is, that is what we should be talking about here. Uh, I mean, there is still time because they've announced this uh, almost six months ahead of, of the, seven really, months ahead of the film. This is going to be the Memorial Day release for 2023. There still is some time to fix the CGI, but um, I said that about Pinocchio and it let me down. So I don't know that this is going to get much better. Um, as far as... Um, what we did see so far, um, I like the look of the sunken ship. I think that looks very cool. Yeah. Um, I like how they handle the mermaid fins. Um, they're not the green that we know from the animation, but I do dig this iridescent look that they have. Uh, and I, I was really surprised that we got to see and hear Ariel. I really thought we were just going to see that silhouette going up to the surface and they were going to cut out of it, but I like that they gave that to us. 
Um, I, I think she sounds great. She sounds amazing. I'm really excited to hear the rest of this music. Um, but yeah, just just fingers crossed on that CGI that it gets better. Yeah. Uh, we also got another look at Elemental coming out in uh, June of next year. It'll be the 16th coming to theaters. Um, again, it, it, it looks like Inside Out. Um, we got a look at it. We got a poster for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down. I'm excited. Sorry, give me one second. I'm, like, about to wear this margarita. Okay. It's, <laughs> I tried to stir it up, and now it's sloshing all over the place. Okay. Um, they, they filled this one. They were very generous with it. They filled this with love. Um, they made this drink with love for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much to add on Elemental. We had seen the poster art for it. I think that was all we got to this point. They're, they're calling this a first look. Uh, it's a flame and water, you know, they're, they're gonna do the four elements. That's that's no shock there What I'm surprised is that we didn't get more from strange worlds because that's yes. gonna be the newest release. It was announced already uh, We have seen concept art for it, but I was kind of surprised that we didn't get a trailer Yeah, like we had a te uh, we saw a teaser for it in the movies a few months ago But that's all that we got um, up to this point um, we also got a look at Elio, which is going to be coming. That's a Disney Pixar film uh, that's coming in spring of 2024. Or it's a space-themed film. Um, I didn't even know that this was coming. So this is the kind of thing that does excite me a little bit. Anytime you tell me, hey, Pixar's got a project they're working on, um, that to me immediately grabs my attention. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see where this goes. This is the other thing. Spring 2024, let's just call it a Memorial Day release. You're a year and a half away from it, so in reality, we're not gonna see anything from Helio for quite some time. I mean, we we kind of um I think we had gotten sorry, that volcano is incredibly distracting right now. Um, I'm not drunk, I swear, but <laughs> I'm, I'm being distracted by a lot of things at the moment. Um, I think we've sort of been conditioned uh, that this is how Disney, and even at Comic-Con, how they go about it, where um, they're announcing the slate so far in advance. I feel like that was something that Marvel started to let us know what was coming down the pike, but it was different for Marvel because they had all of the Avengers mapped out. They had those 10 years planned because they had to get us to the culmination of Endgame. So to announce that, you know, Thor's coming out two years from now, that wasn't a surprise because you knew how these were, how, how they were uh, building towards that merged movie with all the Avengers in it. Now, there is absolutely no point to announcing these things two years out. Correct. Especially when we're not going to see anything else from them. Well, almost exactly two years from now, we are getting Inside Out number two. Um, we are going to be reviewing Inside Out tomorrow on Monoreal Radio. Completely um, uh, independent of this announcement, we were going to do it anyway. Totally coincidental. Um, and I will go ahead and spoil the end of my review now. You don't need a sequel to Inside Out. Um... Am I happy that we're going back into this world with these characters? Yes. 
do I love these characters? Yes. Do I think Inside Out is brilliant? Yes. But I don't know exactly what else you can do with these characters that won't just feel like you're pulling so much from the original. The whole genius of Inside Out is that it's a coming-of-age story and it is relatable to everyone. Even though the story does follow a little girl, uh, there's enough about Riley where even little boys watching can relate to her. Um, So how that's going to translate to another one, if we're still with Riley, um, I don't know that we need to see her dealing with growing pains as an adult at that point. This is going to be like a seven or eight year time jump by the time this comes out. Um, So I don't know if we really need to see her at college age dealing with with those types of issues. nor do I think we need to see uh, the emotions in someone else's body that we don't really care about. Correct. Um, We also got a look at Wish, which is coming out in November of 2023. It's a new animated feature film from Disney that explores how the wishing star got its name. This I'm intrigued about because I can't tell if this is just concept art or if this is a return to traditional 2D animation. There was a rumor that we were getting a return to 2D animation and that it was coming with Disney 100 coming. Um, I feel like if this was a return to the 2D animation, they would have made a bigger deal about it, though. So yeah. I'm guessing what we got was just concept art. Because no. we didn't, we did not get an announcement that they were going back to traditional hand-drawn animation for any of these films. And that seemed to be a surprise leading up to the start of the expo. No, and if they were, I think Eric Goldberg should have been the one to do it. Uh, Looking at that concept art, though, that's interesting to me because it looks like, um, do you remember Small One? Yes. Doesn't it look like that with the, the little, is that a lamb or a donkey? I can't even tell. That's a lamb, right? Zoom in there. No, it's a donkey. It's a donkey lamb thing. So this could be on the other side (laughs) of what got us to Pleasure Island in Pinocchio, wishing upon a star from the dark side. Oh, I like that. I'm I'm grasping at straws here, but no, this this looks like small one to me, which I think, I want to say was a Don Bluth. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, right? That was Don Bluth after he left Disney. Um, Alright. So I think that wrapped up day one. One And that wasn't even like the official movie panel day. No. The movie panel day, I think, was... They kind of had that all encompassed with with not just the feature films, but also with the stuff coming to Disney+. Plus. We got a poster for Willow. And I thought we got a trailer for it. Let's see. Yes, we did. We did get a trailer for it. Um, I knew there was something else. Um, I think the trailer looks good. Um, as I've said on the show before, I don't have some huge attachment to Willow, but that's not to say that I'm not excited for it. Um, and I'm glad to see that we actually, this was one of the few trailers that we could actually see, and that had me excited, because by and large, we didn't get to see an awful lot of anything. Yeah, I, um, same thing. I have no attachment to it either, but I could see getting hooked in here. For sure. Then we got a trailer for Andor. We knew Andor was coming. Again, looks amazing, and I'm excited to 
get closer and closer to getting more with Star Wars. Agreed. Um, to me, you know, I didn't grow up on Star Wars, so like I'm more a fan of the new trilogy than I am the original. Uh, but I've always said, regardless, Rogue One really is my favorite. So I'm I'm really excited to see that expanded on. Yeah. And we got a teaser for Mando Season 3, which is coming in 2023. That's not a surprise. Um, and we don't even have a release date on it yet. We know that it's coming. This is where, if you're going to... If you're not going to announce things at Comic-Con, this is when you announce a release date. It's the D23 Expo. It doesn't happen every year. This is when you give us a release date, not just, it's coming, eventually. Agreed. What they did get at the Expo, I don't know if you saw this, during the Marvel panel, uh, they performed Rogers the Musical. And again, this is where, uh, one of those moments where I was like, oh, should we have gone? If we could have even gotten into the panel. That's true. Yeah, that was a, a big thing. I know a lot of people were unhappy with the way the lottery fell yeah. as far as getting into these panels. We also got Werewolf by Night coming to Disney+. Plus. That's a Marvel uh, production, and, and that's coming on October 7th. So we actually have something that's coming very soon, right in time for Halloween. See, that's a surprise that they're just sort of pulling a Beyonce and just letting it out there when we had no... No announcement prior yes. that that was coming. Armor Wars with Don Cheadle is going to come to Disney Plus eventually. No, They didn't even give us a year for the release. Uh, I don't care. More Don Cheadle all the time. Yes. We also got confirmation that Fantastic Four is coming. Matt Shackman, who directed uh, WandaVision, WandaVision, is going to be at the helm of this coming out November 8th of two, uh, 2024. So... We knew that this was announced from Comic-Con. I guess they just added the director and the release date, and that was their big thing. I I thought for sure we were getting more clarity on X-Men, that that was going to be what they were holding for Expo. I was really surprised that that was all we got from Marvel. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing on Rogers the Musical, but I'm really surprised there wasn't that, like, earth shatter. I know they did. They brought out the cast of Loki, too, um, I'm not sure if they got a trailer that we just didn't see on they the did. streaming service. They did get it in-house. Okay. Um, but still, we knew Loki 2 was was coming. I was really waiting for that, like, gasp heard around the world. Right. High School Musical, the musical, the series, season four. They announced that, again, at this point. That was really honestly a, a surprise because Olivia Rodrigo is just on fire. So I'm surprised that... They're still getting another season out of her. I was probably, of all the announcements that were made on this day, I think the one I was most excited for was to get the trailer and the release date for National Treasure, um, Edge of History, coming to Disney Plus December 14th. Aside from the fact that we've been waiting for that for quite some time, because we obviously want to do a rewatch and a review of the first two National Treasures leading into this... Um, it just looks really good. I'm pretty stoked for it. Um, I'm shocked that they got Harvey Keitel, uh, but all about it. And, um, you know, they're looking around his office. There's a lot of familiar artifacts in there, like the Franklin glasses that they use to see the different colored inks on... Um, was it the map or was it the, uh, the letters? I think it was the map. 
Well, either way, it, it's a prop that you know was used in the first one, so I like that they're carrying it through, and there's obviously going to be a sort of passing of the baton here. Uh, it looks really good. So does the Santa Clauses coming to Disney Plus on November 16th with a two-episode drop. Um, now, this is how you do an announcement. They got Tim Allen, and they just let him speak about his projects. Yeah, and you got a trailer. And they and they did the same thing with John Stamos, too, who got very emotional uh, when talking about Bob Saget and when he announced Big Shot, too. But you're right. This is where it's really great when you see the people that are a part of this creative process, when they're allowed to come out and, like you said, and speak and, and be a part of it and just talk from the heart, that's the stuff that I wish we saw more of. Especially in Tim Allen's case, because I think a big question was, do we need another Santa Claus? And my answer was, not unless there's Bernard. And we got that answered prior to the expo. Uh, but David Cromholtz has been posting about it, that he is back, so I'm very excited about that. But what I love that Tim Allen did is, even he said, they approached me with this project, and I said, let me see a script. And he didn't agree to anything, because his biggest issue was, is this a story worth telling, or are we just doing a cash grab? And what he liked about the script was that they do address a lot of questions that he even had about the, the original trilogy. Like, what happens to the Santa that got pushed off the roof? Um, and why... There was another one. It was another question that we had uh, when we reviewed it uh, that was sort of a loophole that didn't really make sense, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head at the moment. Uh, but they are going to address a lot of those things that kind of made us go, huh, and didn't necessarily make sense. They made sense in the first one, but then when they kept going with these sequels, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Oh, why doesn't Mrs. Claus have a have name? Have a name, that's right. Um, so th they're going to address a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for this. We also got a casting announcement for Haunted Mansion that Jamie Lee Curtis has been cast as Madame Leota. How do you feel about that, by the way? Uh, well, what I was really impressed by was the announcement. They bought her out in a dune buggy. And, again, this, this is what the announcement should be. It should be a spectacle. In a year that is thin as far as announcements go, for a project that we already know about, they put it over the top by her entrance. Um, I go back and forth um, because I really love Jennifer Tilly. That was the one thing, the one good thing that came out of Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. Um... So, did I think that they were going to recast Jennifer Tilly? No, not really. Do I appreciate that they sought out the Scream Queen to do it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it's so fitting to have this legend in horror films being... And, and I wonder if that is a little bit of a tell that they are going to make this one a little bit scarier. Um, I just don't know that she looks like... Madame Leota because this isn't something that should be open to interpretation she should look the way she does on the ride um I don't disagree but I feel like with the right kind of makeup you could do it the right way if it were I, I'm trying to think of a better casting choice because I don't I don't like just saying no I disagree and not being able to offer an alternative 
Uh, you know who I would have gone with, actually, believe it or not, is uh, Renee Zellweger. Let me understand something. <laughs> you would have cast Renee Zellweger. She got the cheekbones. So does Jamie Lee Curtis. Especially with a little bit of prosthetic work, if you had to. I don't know. I, I'm not saying I disagree with the choice. I'm just not... Like, a little bit more time to mull it over. I, I think I could come up with some better choices. Or or she wouldn't have been my top. I, I will say that. Well, but I'm, I'm not excited. disappointed. I'm excited. I wish we would have gotten a trailer. That's what I thought we were going to get. This has been rumored for so long. It's been in development for so long. I really thought they were going to give us at least a little taste of it. Well, that's, by and large... What this expo was, though, they didn't give you much of anything. Uh, honestly, they should have waited another year. And done a D23 expo in 2023. Yeah. Which is always what they were, no? They were on the odd-numbered years. Right. And I, I get it. There was a global pandemic. I, I It's not lost on me. But uh, I feel like they just should have held. Yeah, I... I feel like they were just... They, they held this expo because they felt that they had to. And the fact that you got a lot of posters and not much else. I mean, half of the projects they announced don't even have release dates on them. Um, yeah, if you're not coming like, to hey, me with a trailer... If you're not coming to me with a trailer, that's not an announcement. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not an announcement. Coming to me with a... Hey, here's a logo for Armor Wars, right? Here's a yeah. logo. It's coming eventually. That's not an announcement. No, and quite frankly, they are drawing the wrong kind of attention to it now because all all people are focused on is what they did not get instead of having discussions about what is exciting about these projects. Right, and then for the stuff that we did get some footage from, Wakanda Forever. Oh, my gosh, we were remiss not to talk about one of the Disney legends oh, that was inducted. Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, his brother, uh, made a speech on his behalf. It was a really beautiful speech. Josh Gad, uh, who was very close friends with him, uh, acknowledged it in his speech as well. Um, uh, absolutely. That's, that's a no-brainer. It is. Uh, there was footage shown at the expo. My understanding is that the footage was wonderful. Um, we did get a trailer recently so um that was a comic-con trailer that was a comic-con trailer i think they released it at the right time and then audiences also got a little sneak peek of ironheart which was announced at comic-con as well actually ironheart was announced uh on investor day right um so but again so long ago it's about time we see something for it right paul rudd evangeline lily and jonathan majors were there to discuss uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It's going to be the first film in Phase 5 of the MCU. Um, phase 5 is multiverse, correct? Yes. Okay. So... Yeah, I think Wakanda Forever is ending the Infinity Saga, and then we go to the multiverse. Right, and they got footage shown that has them facing off with Kang the Conqueror. Um, which we knew from Loki. Which we knew from Loki, correct. Um... There was some 
uh, footage from Secret Invasion that was shown that seemed to get a very positive response. Um, and then Daredevil Born Again was confirmed for Disney+. Plus. Though they didn't show you anything, there was no footage for it, it was really just an announcement that it was coming with Charlie Cox and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Which they also did at Comic-Con. Right. Um, and then the uh, the Thunderbolts announcement. Um, David Harbour, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, Florence Pugh. Yeah, amongst others, Sebastian Stan. Um, it's a casting announcement. It's great, but it's it's a casting announcement. Well, they did announce Thunderbolts uh, at Comic-Con, and we had mentioned that in our last Docside chat, actually, that I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. I thought it, it the logo looked like Thundercats. I thought there was another acquisition that Disney had. Um, so I'm excited to see the idea fleshed out a little bit more with characters that I do know and characters that I really, really like. So I'm actually very excited for this. Yeah, and then there was um, footage shown for the Marvels, um, which seemed to get some people excited. I know not everybody loves um, Brie Larson in the MCU. I, for one, think she's excellent. Um, I think those are more issues with the actress than it is the way that she's portraying the character. Right. Um, but... They did get some. Uh, they did get some announcements, and they did get some footage that uh, seemed to excite some people. But I mean, look, it's it, at the risk of repeating myself again. Poster art. That's not an announcement. Dates two years from now. <laughs> not even. But yeah. But if you have a date, you have something saying, "Hey, this is going to come out in 2024." It's like, well, that's that's a kind of a wide window. Right. Yeah, that to me, the, the, this is where. It just feels like they threw the expo together. And quite honestly, if you weren't thinking that before, I hate to say it, but the parks panels today and Josh Tomorrow, who I adore, by the way, um, that did not make... I, I didn't get the warm and fuzzies today the way that I usually get the warm and fuzzies from the D23 Expo. Because if you thought that you weren't getting a lot before, you literally got, eh, maybe we will and maybe we won't today. No, and this is where I was really disappointed. As much as, you know, like I said, with the Legends panel, I was very inspired and I was trying to keep an open mind and be optimistic and just take it in for what it is, uh, knowing that we're not going to have that much. Um, this was really kind of a letdown. And I'm not talking about even the lack of announcements. I'm not talking about what was announced. I'm just talking about in terms of this, um, what are they calling it? The blue sky announcements? The blue sky announcements. Uh, this was not the time and place for that. Because really what this expo was is that Disney has a certain budget that they're working with. I would assume it's left over from the projects that were not, uh, that they didn't break ground on after the last expo. Like, for example, we know we're getting part of that redesign of Epcot with Moana, right? but we got no answers for Mary Poppins. My guess is that that budget, if they're not doing Mary Poppins, the ride, is rolling over to something else. And I feel like what they did was test the waters to see what the fans are interested in. 
That is, I, I mean, I like that you're paying attention to what the fans are saying, especially in this era of Chapek where people are very angry for a lot of things that are being taken away. So I applaud Disney for taking that into account. But for those of us who are paying to be D23 members, there was one point where I went, shame on you, Disney. You're not giving us anything exclusive. You're not giving us anything. And if that's the case, don't put it out there for everyone to see. Go to your biggest fan, or uh, what is Chapek calling us? The super, fans. the super fans. Send us an email. You have all of our emails because you, you've taken the money from us to be D23 members. Give us the survey about what we think should happen. I, I don't want to see a bunch of TikTok influencers who sometimes cover Disney and sometimes cover everything determining what it is that we're going to get. I don't agree with that. Um, because th there, there comes a point where it's like your $75 a year has to get cut off somewhere. Um, no, and I'm not trying to exclude anyone, but what I am trying to do is is get more value for the membership is what I'm driving at. What I... I agree with you in saying that as a part of being a member, we should have a link sent to us that we should have to log into so that we can see the full stream, including the footage that they're showing, without having to have to travel over to California. Not everybody can do that. Um, I agree with you there. Um, my shame on you came from specifically these Sky Blue announcements. Um, excuse me. Um, and I had a little hair in my throat. <clears throat> and um, what, what really didn't sit well with me, and I, we'll just get this out of the way now because I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this. I saw on social media today, and so did you, that the immediate reaction was that the Magic Kingdom behind Big Thunder Mountain was getting a Coco-themed area and also an Encanto-themed area and also a Villains-themed area and that Dinoland USA was going to become Moana but also Zootopia. And I remember saying to you, you were in the kitchen by the breakfast nook. I was watching the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. <laughs> um... And I said, that just kind of seems like a lot of IP in a very small piece of real estate. Well, that's because they didn't actually announce that those things were going to happen. They've put concept art out there. And Josh DeMauro actually said in the panel, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, now just because you're seeing the art doesn't mean this is what we're doing. These are just ideas that we have. That, to me is everything that's wrong with this ex quote-unquote expo. Because now you're just doing fan theory. I definitely agree with you in that regard. I'm just wondering if they were trying to cover the bases of, look, we announced all these things three years ago, and half of them never came to fruition because of a global pandemic. I'm wondering if this is the response to the pandemic of, of we're showing you this, but if, if the budget's not there, we can't do it. Which, at that point, it's like, what's the then point what's, of showing why us? Why would you even show us? Um, I'm just wondering if they're trying to 
be cautiously optimistic because of what happened the last time. And in that case, I can't blame them. But what bothers me is that you're hyping up this event to be this thing for the super fans, for people who are members, and you're not... Uh, you're not giving us any any intel. No, you're showing us that, hey, we could do that, but we might not, and we no, probably won't. and that won't. has nothing to do with it's not exclusively going out to D23 members, it's going out to everybody at the same time. What's really interesting to me, though, none of this concept art is on Disney social media right now. Of course it's not. What I saw was from our friends who were at the expo yes. who had the common sense to put it up in their story. Um, and I, I don't want to out those people necessarily because I don't know if they were supposed to have the phones out. Um, but I will say that um, Lisa Donato, the castle runner, um, on her blog, she put together a full list of what was announced at parks. That's like the most comprehensive list I've seen uh, that covers everything. So if you're looking for full coverage, uh, check out thecastlerun.com and, and she'll have everything for you. Yeah, she did a really good job. We're still trying to piece this together based on not watching a full stream and having concept art maybe put out. Yeah. What are the things that we at least know are happening, so they say? We're getting, at least at uh, Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland Resort in California, Grogu and the Mandalorian will be walking around Galaxy's Edge. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Exciting. Yeah. Fun, but not a surprise. Yeah. And I'm sure that once... Uh, once they work out how they're going to do the Grogu animatronic, I'm sure that they will find their way to Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge. Kind of surprised that they didn't do them in tandem, but we know that Disneyland tends to get a lot of the quote-unquote test subjects before they ship them over here to, to Walt Disney World. Speaking of test subjects... We're getting a meet-and-greet at Avengers Campus in Disneyland... Um, with the Hulk. And I think that that actually is a lot of fun. I would love to meet the Hulk. I, d I love that they let Mark Ruffalo announce it. Um, I, I actually think it's very cool. Um, because they didn't do, like, the banner hybrid where they could have just had the character painted green. Right. Speaking of which, if you're on TikTok, check out the She-Hulk filter, which is really an alphabet filter. That's what everybody's been using it as. Um, oh, have they now? Everybody. Okay. Even Sarah Hyland did it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, I like that. And, and it doesn't... I, I feel like a lot of people are being very critical that it looks like an inflatable suit. It's not. They're on stilts. And they actually made... Like, it's, it's not like Baymax. That's like a blow-up thing. So they're doing it almost like they have the Transformers at Universal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Listen, if, why not? Why not? It's fun. You can use the character out there. You may as well. For sure. They're also doing a transformation of Pacific Wharf at Disney's California Adventure. Yeah, speaking is, of Baymax. Is becoming San Francisco. Um, I love Big Hero 6. Um, so I think it's great that they're doing that re-theme. I'm just kind of surprised that they're hanging their hat on that franchise because we didn't get a chance to watch the Baymax shorts quite yet. My, what I've heard has been lukewarm at best about those shorts. 
Um, and it's only the one film. So to dedicate an entire section of a park to a franchise that doesn't have quite the cachet that some of your others do, I mean, for God's sake, they're saying, we might do Coco, or maybe we'll do Encanto, that's been a big for six months, um, or maybe we'll do Villains at Walt Disney World. When, when people crave villains and love villains, and those villains are timeless, and they're not even getting their moment in the sun with a dedicated area at a park, it's sort of interesting that you would go with San Francisco, and what that also tells me is that they need a quick, cheap paint job. That's it. That's it. That's what it tells me. Yeah. Because my initial reaction was, wow, we are getting further and further away from the original concept of Disney California Adventure, which I know was not what, if you watch the Imagineering story, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. It didn't have the popularity. It didn't have the attendance that they thought it was going to be. I think one of the smartest ways to address that was to do the overlay of Santa Monica Pier with Pixar Pier and get more characters in there and have that represented. And I love Pixar Pier. Uh, I think it was so smart to do the Incredicoaster and the way that they have Dash running. Uh, brilliant. The whole the whole thing is brilliant IP integration. Um, so I guess I was surprised that they're going to overlay another area, which, yes, they are still keeping in the spirit of California because it's San Francisco. Um, I'm just surprised that they are really deviating that far from what they initially intended this part to be. And what what kills me, I think, is that that wharf area is so beautiful. It's I nice. love the theming there. Yeah. It's a nice place to grab a bite to eat or a margarita like we did. Um, nice place to escape the sun, too. Yes. Just sit in the shade and enjoy it. And, and I get it. It might not be, like, the biggest draw for families, but, like, you can't tell me that it wasn't packed there. It's a great it was uh, dining area. It was jammed. And we were there on, you know, like a Wednesday in November. It was not a holiday weekend. The kids were in school. And, and Disneyland, in general, is not known as being the vacation destination that Walt Disney World is. Um, yeah, it it was still packed. A lot of people went there. A lot of people enjoy their time there. Um, I mean, that honestly might be something that we can't speak to because we're not locals to Disneyland. Maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe that area is more often than not empty. Although, all I see on social media are these bread bowls with the soup in them, which is a big thing uh, in San Francisco and carried over to the park. Um but I, I do agree with you. I think more than anything else, it, they're looking for a, a quick and cheap overlay. Agreed. Um, Mickey's Runaway Railway is going to Mickey's Toontown in California. I feel like they had announced that a while ago, though. Oh, they've broken ground on it, yeah. Well, it's expected to open in 2023. We don't have a date. It's expected to open in 2023. So it, it'll open in 2024 is what well, that really means. take comfort in the fact... I thought it was uh, an overlay of Roger Rabbit. It's not. Ro Roger Rabbit lives, and uh, this is an addition. We are also getting a little bit more with Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which we know is replacing Splash Mountain. Yes, we have not just concept art, but we have a storyline, too. Yes, where Tiana is searching for a missing ingredient for a party celebrating carnival. 
Uh, so this is picking up where the film uh, leaves off, where she has her restaurant. Uh, yeah, and now she's looking for a recipe, which, spoiler alert, if, if I had to guess, being that it's Disney, the secret ingredient is love. And we're going to realize that just before we plunge. There are so many mountains in the bayou. Um, I mean, look, I hope it's good. Um, again, they don't really give you much here. Um, she's got to find her secret ingredient. Okay, fine. Like, you got you to gotta weave, and that's kind of like the joke, right? Like, you do have to weave a story into a mountain in the bayou where they, mountains don't exist in Louisiana. So you have to, like, make a story out of something. So food's a big thing. Tiana's place, right? Like, you're making it brand appropriate. You're bringing the character in. You're bringing the IP in. Again, it is scheduled to open late 2024. Fast forward to our grand opening, Memorial Day of 2025. Yeah, I don't that's my, with that. That's but my I, prediction. I think Tiana is getting a restaurant, too, in Disneyland. I thought she they is. announced that. Yeah. yeah. Tiana's place is going to open there. Um, that That's long overdue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about what's happening over here to Walt Disney World. Oh, before we do that, there is one more thing that we forgot. Uh, the Mickey documentary. Because oh, they right. are starting to transition into uh, 100 years of the company because Walt founded the company in 1923. Uh, so you can imagine a whole bunch of new merch. Actually, they did reveal new merch with the platinum, that platinum poison drip. I love that. Well, the, half of we saw half of the merchandise, and then they cut the rest of the feed. That's out. right, they did cut the feed. We, uh, got the, we got the ears, and we got the watch from Citizen, and then they cut the feed out. But point is, they're already rolling out this new merch. Surprise, surprise! Take my money. <laughs> For somebody um, that sit here, and this is like, I, I feel like a hypocrite, and I don't want people to think. You talked before about like you got the childless millennials that are like just critiquing things for the sake of. I hope I don't come off that way. But I am just trying to point out that I feel like they didn't give us enough to really justify an expo and at the same time take my money. So I know I sound like a hypocrite. I'm calling attention to the fact that I sound like no, a hypocrite. I didn't want to come off that way either, but the fact that he's that Josh Tomorrow himself said, Well, you might not get this, that was so off-putting and left such a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, and I love Josh Tomorrow. Anyway, uh, Mickey documentary dropping on his birthday, November 18th. Yes, so um, we got a little bit more information about the Moana journey of water at Epcot. We're getting a Tefiti. I didn't know that that was an addition. I thought that we would have had Tefiti the whole time, considering that the whole premise of the film is that the we're journey of water. is that we're getting the heart of Tefiti and the journey of water. Right. Why was this an addition? Right. Why was this not there the entire time? I tell you what, I'd, I'd rather have the lava volcanoes. Or, theory, tinfoil hat, let me put it on. <laughs> Tefiti was always in this attraction and they needed filler. Yeah. They needed filler. Yeah. So they're making it sound like it's an addition because we saw some concept art, but as Josh Tomorrow told us, Concept art means, eh, at this point in time, um, which is going to become their new rationale for why three-quarters of the things they announce never get done, by the way. Right. That's what that means. Um, Harmonious is gone. Okay. 
let's this, let's have some this margaritas was the big and news. talk. I was shooketh. I mean, I have had a, a, quite the range of emotions when it's come to Harmonious. I hated that they have the barges in the middle of the water that were supposed to be retracted during the day, but due to budget cuts, they left them there. It left a bad taste in my mouth to a point where I didn't appreciate the show. It took Idina Menzel coming out and singing and hosting a whole live event to for me to see what the bigger picture is. So now I'm finally on board with the darn thing. <laughs> They're gonna take it away. But I just can't believe you sunk so much money into it that you would ride or die with these stupid barges because of the budget. And now you're just gonna pull the plug on the whole damn thing. It, my guess is it's costing money for them to run these the, the waterworks so much. And that's why they're pulling the plug and they're going to give us something else. Yeah, I mean, supposedly the premise of the new show will be celebrating 100 years of Disney. Okay, that's all well and good, but I thought the whole idea of Harmonious was supposed to be kind of like Illuminations where we're accepting and loving and recognizing all of these cultures in the world showcase. Isn't that the entire premise of Epcot? See, what's also a miss for me is that it's going to be Epcot's 40th, and you're not aiming the show towards that. What that means is that they don't know what they're going to do nope. with Epcot. It nope. means that Epcot is Epcot soon to be... Back. Epcot is soon to be the Hollywood Studios. Oh, of, no. I don't know oh, no. Our, our identity crisis, and I don't know what we're going to do. And we don't know what we are, because why are you going to bring in a centennial celebration show at Epcot, of all places? Not even at Magic Kingdom, because we're getting a change to that as well, and we'll discuss that in a few minutes. The fact that Harmonious is going to go in favor of a Disney 100 celebration, logic dictates you can really only do that for a year... So then what comes after it? Right. And then speaking of identity crisis, you have Moana, the Journey of Water in Epcot, and then, oh, but we might put Moana in an anim animal kingdom? I'm sorry, but Hey Hey is not enough to carry that theory into animal kingdom. Agreed. The Zootopia thing, though, that makes that the makes most sense. sense. To me, I was like, how did we not come up with this before? We've been so gung-ho for Wakanda to be in animal kingdom. Uh, to, to have that hiding in plain sight in Africa and that kind of addition. Um, Zootopia makes the most sense in the world. So I'm fully on board with that. But no more Moana. That's going to become too much like Star Wars. It's everywhere and it's too much. We are getting Figment back, though. I'll take it. In meet and greet form. I'd be more excited if it were Dreamfinder, but I'll take it. Yeah, I was hoping that we would get an announcement that they were doing a refurb, um, but instead we are getting the uh, the meet and greet back, which is fine. It'll be exciting. Um, we're also getting the Hatbox Ghost. Yes! That, of all of the things that got announced at the Parks panel, that's probably the one thing I'm the most excited about. And that tells you what you need to know about what the D23 Parks panel was this year. I also like, though, that it's so on brand for Haunted Mansion because there's always room for one more. Yeah. So now we get, like, the crowning jewel of one more. Yes. And then we saw, um, well, we didn't see because they cut it out. Um, hmm? But Josh DeMauro showed, uh, showed footage of his test ride on the Tron light cycle run. 
and that's going to open in spring 2023. I'm glad call we it reviewed it when we said... Call it Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest news of... I mean, maybe the biggest news of the whole weekend was the fact that Disney is adding a sixth cruise ship. That was a surprise. That was a shock. This is the kind of announcement that shocks at D23 Expo. And this is the one that no one's talking about. To me, this is the coolest thing. The Disney treasure, if this is Pirates-themed, I'm going to lose my damn mind. Uh, it's Aladdin-themed. Apparently, it's Aladdin-themed. Okay, Cave of Wonders treasure. That That's a lot, though, to put into one ship that it's all Aladdin-themed. Treasure's so broad, it could be Pirates, it could be Aladdin, it could be... Uh, it could be up. could be a lot of things. But um, internationally, Duffy is getting a uh, series on Disney+, Plus, which is an interesting choice because Duffy failed in the United States. Now, I understand that Duffy's big in Shanghai, but the fact that he's going to get a Disney Plus show that anybody can see... I thought was sort of an interesting. Um, I thought that was sort of an interesting choice because it's it's not a character that people grasped to by and large. No, but I do remember when we went to Olani, Duffy was everywhere. He was he was very big over there. Which I mean, uh, that's Hawaii. That is the United States. So somewhere in the U.S., he is testing well. Um, I don't I don't mind that though. I. I had no idea really who Duffy was until we saw him at Olani. And I'd rather than just have this this new thing um, that's uh, like a mascot for travel, I'd rather give him a backstory, I'd rather him have a show, and I don't mind that Disney is trying to reach out to their global audience. Even though it didn't test well here, the U.S. doesn't have to have the final say of whether something is a success or not. Look at, look at Chippendale. They're, they were huge. I've never seen so much Chippendale until we went to Olani. But they're big overseas. Bigger than they are here until Rescue Rangers came back, that is. Yeah. Shanghai is also getting a Zootopia land. Um, that we knew, though. No date has been set for the land's official opening. So they might not do it. Even no, though... <laughs> that was that was from the last expo that they announced it. Yeah, they, but you that's get what I'm saying. Done. Yes, you I get do. what I'm saying. You can't leave things so open-ended. Hong Kong is getting a Walt Disney statue um, that is inspired by Walt watching his children on the merry-go-round, inspiring the launch of Disney parks. Yes, because he uh, he's sitting on the bench with Mickey. We didn't talk about that. We got a first look at the Walt statue. I love it. It's a beautiful statue. I love it so much. Ugh. If there was one thing to come through from the last expo, I'm glad it was that. Yes. Uh, they also said that the frozen theme land in Hong Kong is going to be opening in the second half of 2023. So at least we've narrowed it down to a six-month window, which they will inevitably miss. Just calling it as I see it. Um, Paris is getting a new promenade that is going to be Frozen-inspired, and they're going to have a Tangle-themed area. Good. She deserves more than the bathrooms. Yes. And Tokyo Disney Resort is also getting a new land based on uh, Frozen Tangled in Peter Pan called Fantasy Springs. But we knew about that. That's not breaking news. And they, di they didn't give a an opening date on that either. Um, what was a surprise, though, is that Space Mountain at Tokyo Disneyland is going... Um, it's going to go 
down to undergo a transformation in 2024, and they're going to have a whole new plaza open by 2027. That's, I completely missed that. That's and that that's a revered attraction, not yeah. just not just at Tokyo, but it's well regarded throughout the Walt Disney Company as being one of the better attractions that they've ever done. So the fact that that is being uh, refurbed and that's going to be redone kind of was a shock. Yeah, that is a surprise because um, on behind the attraction, if I remember correctly, it was never a question of whether Space Mountain was getting replicated uh, from uh, Disney World in California, or I'm sorry, Disneyland uh, coming over to Disney World. They knew that they were going to keep everything the same. I believe that was up for debate when it came to Tokyo. I know France was more inspired by uh, like that Jules Verne era yes. of exploration, which I think is great. I think it's very fitting. Like aesthetically, it looks great in that park. But I thought that they were contemplating changing it up for Tokyo, and they ended up just sticking true to the original. If I'm remembering that episode of Behind the Attraction correctly, I might not be. Um, but I feel like that's the other thing. It's so new. Like you really need a refurb by now. Apparently. But anyway, th those are the announcements from D23 Expo 2022. We're missing a big one. Are we now? We're getting Happily Ever After back. Yes! Oh, How my God, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, um, We're getting Happily Ever After back. That's right. Um, and that's something that, like, affects us personally. I'm not surprised. Um, so here's the thing. They're saying that... It's, they said it's coming back, but then Josh Tomorrow was very quick to say, well, we're, we're, we're going to play the music. It's going to be a rethemed nighttime attraction. Okay, so Happily Ever After is coming back, is, is what you're doing. But I, I think what'll be interesting is if they take the best parts of Happily Ever After, take the parts of Enchantment that worked, especially the projections down Main Street, and the new Walton Roy video that they've incorporated into that, if you can take all of that and marry it together, you can sprinkle a hundred years of the company into it. You can make a beautiful show. Yeah, yeah. I'm as long as they incorporate the hundred years, I think that's a smart choice. Give us, give the fans what we want, because everybody misses happily ever after. Some of us still miss wishes even more. Um, but if you can do that to be more representative of a hundred years, you'll knock it out of the park. You know the other thing that it tells me. It took them 51 years to prepare for the 50th anniversary no. of Walt Disney World. If that's what they're going to do. I mean, I, I can't say that I disagree with your theory of part of this is budget, budget, budget. I mean, I'm glad it's coming back. Right as we're starting to embrace enchantment and harmonious, <laughs> they're going away. Um, I kind of am not surprised, though. Because I had said to you, I had said it to you last week, actually. We were driving out to the other park where we got our annual passes last week. Um, and we heard Happily Ever After play on uh, Sirius XM on the, on the Disney Hits channel. And I had said to you last week, you know, they've been playing this a lot lately. Um, I've never heard Happily Ever After played on... Disney hits on Sirius XM. Yeah. But they've been playing it a lot recently. 
And Jordan Fisher has become very vocal yes. on social media about Bring It Back. And I felt that if they were putting themselves out there like that, putting the song out there like that, that either they were testing the waters to see if the interest was still there, or if they were hiding it in plain sight. And mm. I think what we learned this weekend was that it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. But I hope it's column A more than anything else. Because what I want to believe in my heart of hearts is that, and I, I, I said it not on the last Dockside chat, I think it was the one prior. Um, I want to believe that somebody is listening. Whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Chapek, I want to believe somebody is listening to the people that really love Disney. And that they're taking our critiques and our passion and that they are using it when they make decisions that affect the parks and affect your experience whether you're an annual pass holder or whether you're the once in a lifetime vacation family I want to believe that somewhere somebody is listening so that's what I hope this means with the return of Happily Ever After. And, and, and that's how I know it must mean something because you're a wishes person, always have been, always will be. And even you were excited to hear that Happily was coming back. I was. Uh, to piggyback off of your point, though, keep taking those surveys. When you vacation here, or even just as simple as um, if you live locally and you're leaving Disney Springs, somebody's always asking about the surveys. Keep doing it because I do believe that they are listening. I do believe that they are paying attention. Um, for as much as for for as much bad as Chapek has done, we know that he is a numbers guy, and I think that after this long in the seat, he's got to be paying attention because the numbers are not what they were. So just keep making your voice heard. Um, there was also something um, that he said uh, at Expo, and um, I'm not going to say that it's changed my opinion entirely on him, but uh, you had said you wish that he made this point earlier. Um, as w With regard to APs, um, he did come out and say that his concern has to be the family that's coming here for the once-in-a-lifetime trip. With regard to the park reservations and making sure that they get the guest experience that they are paying for. And that's part of the reason why... It, he didn't say this. I'm just hypothesizing here. That um, this is why we didn't get that AP announcement. Uh, I have been very critical of him not paying attention to the APs who are going to be the bread and butter once all of these trips that were pushed back due to the pandemic fade away and the attendance drops and you need to start factoring in the people who are going to come and support you during the slow times to which he responds with there are people that go to Disney seven days a week why should you who get to be here every day take away from the family that's going to be here once in a lifetime 
Um, and that really did give me something to chew on. Uh, number one, first and foremost, holy cow, he is paying attention. Um, and he's not wrong. He isn't. He he's correct. In in that aspect, you know, I, I I don't I don't gloss over the fact that once upon a year ago, <laughs> we didn't live near Disney World, and we would pine to be here. Well, we also haven't gone seven days a week either. But we can go whenever we want. Yes. And when I was seven years old, the only thing that I wanted in my life, other than to play for the Islanders, and we know how that worked out, (laughs) was to be able to come to Disney World whenever I wanted. I don't... For for all of the complaining and pontificating that I did tonight, and I I know that I did, um, and not for any invalid reason, at least I don't believe so, I'll never take for granted the fact that we have this opportunity. Right. At the same time, I would never take away from a child, or or I think about our friends that have kids, what it takes them to bring their families here. To take away from their first time experience, or to, to take away, we should not be before any family that's coming here because of Make-A-Wish. Correct. Correct. It, it, we... We shouldn't be... We, we just shouldn't be, in my opinion, preventing anybody from having an experience that we've been fortunate enough to have so many times that we literally invested our life into coming here. Right. That's the magic that this place has. And I think even sometimes... We don't take it for granted... But to the point you made earlier, when you sit here and you get critical of some of the decisions that get made, I think sometimes, I won't speak on your behalf, I'll speak on my behalf, sometimes I forget that too. It's like, who are we to sit here and criticize? Uh, We are so fortunate to be able to come here, to be able to afford it, to be able to do it often. No, none of that is lost on me, and that is why I had said I was trying to keep the open mind, but because... You really insulted us by saying, well, maybe we'll do this, maybe we won't. That completely regressed my train of thought. Right. So with that being said, that's our reaction, immediate reaction, to the D23 Expo. But as far as what Chapek said goes... He's right. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a complete... I'm completely reformed when it comes to him, but... It did open my eyes that he is starting to get it. Something's starting to click with him. Uh, he is paying attention. Um, and there are things that, for as much as we think we know, there are decisions that he's making that we have no idea about. And I am going to try and keep a little bit more of an open mind when it comes to these announcements. Agreed. But that's D23, I think... In conclusion, as lovely as that was and as articulate as that was, um, I think it all in all was a lackluster expo. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessary. And the one thing I can't forgive is 
the whole idea that you're literally putting it out there as maybe we will, maybe we won't. If that's the case, I will die on the hill that we did not need to have this expo this year. Um, so, with all that said, it's very hard for me to get excited over anything because you're not hiding your cards, which, like, on the one hand, I commend you for, but on the other hand, I can't get excited for something that has not had ground broken yet, that doesn't have a definitive release date or a definitive opening date. To me, un until I see it, these are just ideas. And it just seems like fan theory that's coming from a corporation. That's what this expo felt like to me. It's almost like fan service. Like, we're going to tell you what you want to hear in some cases, but we might not actually do it. Do as um, I say and not as I do. No, and I don't feel... This, this is, again, what rubs me the wrong way, is that you are using a paid membership service to test run things, and I, I think that that's wrong. But... I mean, I, I'm not excited for anything in the parks because I don't know what I'm supposed to be excited about. Right. Uh, but for some of the movies, I am. As far out in advance as they've announced things, um, uh, I, I like that we're getting a lot of original concepts. Like the Pixar stuff, that's all original ideas. Yeah. Um, Marvel, yes, it has source material, but we've got a whole bunch of things coming up that don't have... They are the first run of the film. It's not a yeah. sequel. It's not a prequel. Uh, so I think there is a lot to be excited about in that regard. Yes. We want to know what you have to say about the D23 Expo. You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monorail Radio. Or you can email us, monorailradio at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monorail Radio. Come back tomorrow for our review and discussion of Inside Out. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. Be sure to like us on that social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monorail Radio. And for links to everything related to the show, it's online at monorailradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone.